Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to, oh my god. Oh boy. <laughs> the actual cognition of it. Yeah, you, like, you didn't, you that didn't was, really realize it. That wasn't right a bit, now. that wasn't like pre-planned. I just felt the weight of 111. I was nervous for it. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, yeah, episode 111, it's a palindrome. I mean, perhaps the best, the greatest palindrome we've ever had on the show. And we'll oh, it's have. definitely the best we've ever had. Yeah. But will it be the best we ever have? I Maybe. Mean, it's so symmetrical. The yeah. Three straight lines. Especially with the lines. Yeah. Yep. The only, I mean, 222 two, two is going to be good. Could be great, even. It could, I mean, it will be great. Will it be better than 111, though? I guess it depends on where we're at. Let, gosh. Well, hey. wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to jump to conclusions. But this episode was one worthy of the 111, for sure. It definitely was. Uh, I bet she could do a really cool rendition of that. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see if she, she can do a custom type for this. <laughs> of course, we are alluding to our guest, which uh, was Danielle Evans, the current Columbus, Ohio resident and food typographer. Yes, of Marmalade Blue Studio. She specializes, and we talked about as much, uh dimensional and food typography working with food as a medium to create any number of really solutions gorgeous, in our gorgeous yeah. images it's pretty special i mean it, it's pretty cool it's extremely intriguing as well and she was an extremely intriguing person to talk to about it we spoke to choosing your lane uh which is a way to say specialization the merits thereof and the process thereof yeah aesthetic voice perspective and she had a lot to say and she had such a chill fun and super positive yes outlook. yes so yes. she was a really great guy yes absolutely and another really great thing would be this week's sponsor which is simple cast the easiest way i know of to publish your podcast. i don't know an easier one <laughs> Hey, listen, if you know an easier one, yeah, send us an email. Us, write us, because we don't believe you. Yeah, we, we'd love to hear. Uh, but, you know, people ask about podcasting, the mechanics of it, and especially in, you know, where do you publish it? How do you get it on there? We use Simplecast. It's so easy, and uh, it truly is simple. Uh, so check them out. That's Simplecast.fm. Shouts out to them for creating a dope product we love and for supporting the show. Yes, thank you, Simplecast. And thank you, Danielle, for joining us on an excellent episode. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Hope you enjoy episode 111. Oh, oh my God, I can't handle it. 111, Vince. You're late. day i feel pretty good so yeah whenever you guys are ready i'm ready <laughs> we, we've got full chill on we're so like actually we're more chill i think yeah <laughs> i would push back in a hard way and say we're chiller than you are right we're now. way chiller um okay then jeez i feel like i haven't asked you this in a while actually like a month and, and a little bit yeah and it's probably the longest we've gone besides maybe like end of the year like real christmas time holidays <laughs> without recording an episode and without even just like touching base i know i know you listeners won't know because of audio because <laughs> of because of magic because yeah, of internet because involved um, yeah you, you'll have only seen a couple of weeks without an episode which you know, I'm sure that's tough for him. It's enough, but it's actually been it's been six weeks probably since we've gotten together. Really? No, you're a liar. I think, so. I think yeah. probably four, five, maybe five. Whatever, man. Uh, more more importantly, it's been it's been a while uh, since I got on the road traveling. Yes, I have. I have. I've been popping around. I was in LA for a bit, and then I was in Thailand. Yeah. Um, and uh, it would have been fun. We should have done some apps on the road, but alas, alas, logistically challenging. Certainly, internet was okay there. I think it would have been it would have been a painful it would have been a painful experience. It, it more important for you to enjoy the trip. Though. Okay, but the all of this to to ask really, Vince. 
I'm I'm so curious. I'm perhaps the most curious I've ever been when it comes to knowing what you're working on. So, I mean, that being said, I'm no, no, that wasn't it. I just that's really setting the stage. That's I'm uh, I'm walking. Okay, hold on. Let's take a step back. Let's uh, hop into the DeLorean. Gun it, gun it, gun it to eighty eight. Don't need roads. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're maybe let's call you seven. You're seven years old. Oh, You're yeah. you've got an oversized T-shirt on. It's purple. Yeah, that's bright cool. purple T-shirt. You've got a a cap on. Sure. Yeah. Some some might even call it a ball cap. And you are walking up to your little league t-ball game. And Vince, damn, so far accurate. So far this. Good, 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 good. Okay, so in this scenario, you're up to bat. And what do you do, Vince? You walk up, you put that ball on the tee. Oh, I'm teeing And so, up. so all of this was really that. It was you in your big purple shirt walking over to the tee, setting the ball on that tee just so that you could hit it off. Oh, this was an extended, belabored analog. And now, <laughs> you can. I'm going to put the ball here for you, Vince. Oh, and I'm going to ask you. What are, <laughs> well, I, putting. I'm putting. I'm sort of like reaching uh, my my coach. my phantom. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of the coach, but I'm also like this phantom future uh, resident that who's gone back in the past. Oh, but I can't. I can sort of interact with the people, but oh, I'm not. I'm not fully influencing things. Yes. 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 And I, and I'm taking your hand with the ball, and I'm setting it on the tee and I'm asking you Vince what have you been putting your time into what are you working on that I mean I wish I would have done a better whistle for that one because that was one of the finest wandering setups that I've ever experienced in the history of our and, and I see you taking your hands you're gripping that bat well besides our guest has to be bewildered yeah I'm very apologetic um, besides like the the probably half a dozen projects that have come and gone at the office. I currently am working, uh, doing freelance for a friend of mine who I was just at her wedding a couple months ago in Seattle. Uh, she and her now husband have a, a, a child's clothing business that they're kind of hmm. getting off the ground, and uh, it's called Half Day Clothing. And I'm helping do some. Some writing? Classic. I mean, hey, it's your trade. Why not? Website and that sort of thing. (laughs) Love it. It's been cool. Cool. We'll we'll show notes it. We have a cool vision for it. We'll show notes it. We'll get that sweet, sweet sponsorship show notes money. Those are all affiliate links. (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead and refresh a lot. Yeah, refresh. Uh, Grant, even though you've been mostly on the road and in the air the last month and change... I'm anxious to know what have you been putting your time into. Sure, certainly. Um, man, I've been uh, I've been shooting a lot of photos, and I've been in pre-production. Got a got a video project shooting next week, and uh, you know, as mentioned, I was in Thailand, and that was a, a bit of a creative retreat for Death to Stock, which actually is sort of peripherally how we know our guests. You know, I've, I've obviously talked about Death to Stock quite a bit, but the interesting highlight of that was. Uh, well, it was it was supposed to be me and David Sherry, young David Sherry, uh, former guest, friend of the show. Well, once a guest, always a guest. Yeah, eternal guest. <laughs> eternal like, guest. Like yeah, no doubt. Uh, but he got shingles uh, right before we left. Yeah, super tragic. But uh, I did go meet our other partner, um, who is it? Yeah, he's a Kiwi, and I guess, and also was on the show. He was episode ninety six. Also, yes, that was a good episode. We're talking about structure. Yes, and he he's a man with a mind on him. Sure. And a mouth. <laughs> yeah, and a mouth. Full body. What's his, what's his Twitter handle again? Born Sean. Born Sean, yeah. I like to make fun of him for that. <laughs> I, yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, lovely. So, uh, that, that's been... It's been, uh, you know, now I'm just kind of adjusting. I'm on some jet lag vibes. I've been getting up at 4 a.m. every day because oh, nice. I'm just, it's super weird. Usually that's when I go to bed. I mean, straight up. <laughs> so are you like sleeping way less just in general? I've been like on six hour game, I guess. Oh, so you go to sleep earlier though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going, yeah. Well, yeah, I usually go well, to I sleep at 4 a.m. You were like a 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be funny. I, mean, I haven't known anyone in my whole life to operate on like collective sleep than you have. Respect. So. Okay, well, anyway, here we are. We made it. And as alluded, uh, friend of the show, I think multi-friend of the show, I first met her. Oh, I guess I've only met her once. But it was nice. We had, uh, what did we have, a Rapas? 
which I hate the name of that. It just, yeah, I just don't like that. It just, it's so close to the word rape, and it it's, it contains it, you know. No, I yeah, you know, I I know, but it it's it does a disservice to all sorts of words to to like should are grapes going to be like lumped into this witch hunt? Like I know it obviously heinous, but a rapist didn't do anything to deserve that. I know, but it's just I think it's grape is so ingrained, and grape is such a flavor. A rapa is a word that maybe just culturally I have less familiarity with and so it just that's it my mind goes in it just it bums me out but i will say phenomenal that was at ola rapa oh yeah yes and speaking of food man we have really danced this intro period i'm liking this we've attacked on like three or four fronts now yeah (laughs) i i think maybe the game should be let's just see if we could go the full episode without introducing or inviting our guests into the combo as entertaining as it would be it would be doing a great disservice to a great guest that we do you're right you're right and our guest is joining us from columbus ohio the homestead of one david sherry and uh the og roots of death to stock um and you know, I've actually been familiar with her work for a while, though I didn't know it was her. But looking back on it, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, yes, that was Danielle. And oh, for, for those of us playing along at home, <laughs> I know they're uh, they're feverishly Googling. They're just they're trying to connect the pieces. Yeah, Columbus. Danielle, Columbus. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and the work that I alluded to was um, just a range of typography work. And I think I was especially uh, familiar with it because she had done a lot of work with Target. Um, and Target is Minneapolis-based and got a lot of friends of the show that work there. And, okay, Danielle Evans, welcome to the show. You're a food typographer. You have, you have a studio named Marmalade Blue, which mm-hmm. is kind of a fun name, and I kind of want to know a little bit more about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Marmalade Blue is truly uh, whimsical. And- whimsical, yes. And thank you for your patience. Wow. <laughs> a plus. No <laughs> uh, you guys are killing me, so it's fine. <laughs> thank you so much for joining, and... Uh, and let me be the first to take the honors of asking you, what have you been putting your time into recently? What have you been working on? Oh, man. Well, mostly I've been working on keeping busy. Like, I'm kind of between those those moments where summer work has wrapped up and now people are looking at last minute holiday. And so I'm negotiating a couple contracts with that. And while I'm doing so, I'm making spam images and but like out of spam so it's not like something you wouldn't like to look at you know mm. um uh, so i feel like that's crucial to note yeah um, Interesting. Well, might be a great point to quickly intercede and say what it is that you you do as an mo and, and maybe where uh, people can find that I, I think that's a good context for this conversation absolutely <laughs> just to, to hold the some of those images in your head Sure, sure. Well, essentially, I make lettering out of food and objects, and I photograph them, I art direct them, I retouch, um, I source materials, and essentially, my little elevator pitch that I share with, like, suits when I go into present is I take ordinary ordinary objects and elevate them to extraordinary typographic solutions. It sounds very... Sheen, I'm on board. It does sound suit-like when you say it like that, but the work is genuinely very, very... Where should people go to see a good sampling of that? Sure, of course. Well, they could find me on my site, which would be m-b-l-e-u-e.com. You can also search danielleevans.co, marmaladeblue.com, foodtypography.com is strictly food lettering-related work. And I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, Dribble, Pinterest, and Love just it. about anywhere else they'd let me. And I sign think up the best something. way to connect is just hop onto her LinkedIn and <laughs> really engage <laughs> there. I, you know, hop into the conversation. Let her know <laughs> what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me spend 20 minutes trying to figure out how to respond to you on LinkedIn because it's so intuitive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn Can I just notice well like. deserve slam there. <laughs> Did you see that the world's most boring company bought the world's second most boring company? Like, oh, AT and T, Time Warner. Wait, what are you talking about? No, no, Microsoft bought LinkedIn, and oh, I don't really? Know how get any more exciting? Shouts. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe I'm falling on a sword. I shouldn't, but I feel like that's a little unfair to Microsoft. LinkedIn. I think so. Boring 
in the extreme, almost to uh, world's most boring company to Microsoft. Get out of here! Get out of here! That's 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 a real Mac Apple elitist. Although I'm like on board. I what's cool though, I heard is they're gonna integrate um, LinkedIn right into the OS, right into the Surface, which is great because I know all the Surface users. I've been demanding. I've said. If if only this could be clunkier and tied to <laughs> the directly into my life resume sharing platform, that would be ideal. Uh, all right, I think LinkedIn is taking its licks for the day. We can move on. Uh, maybe that's a new sec. Maybe that's a new segment. LinkedIn licks. <laughs> yeah, I think LinkedIn. I think. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. In our I like it. about like LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, I sounds know, sounds like, like a bit of a sultry, like after hours, like yeah, Cinemax show. <laughs> yeah. Um, without further ado, you, you you gave us a very good, uh, not only just the elevator pitch, but the also holistic explanation about what it is that you do that makes your work so unique and interesting and special and cool. Could you could you just picture her sort of? For our conversation here, the the seven year old version of Danielle, with her, I think she's got a bright orange kind of oversized T shirt on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and, I'm I, I, and I'm just seeing her walking up. Uh, we're on we're on sort of a it's a it's a field of sorts is, is a sandy, but it's like flat. It's like not it's not particularly big, and and there's this black looks like a pole, and it's on home plate. And she's oh, walking up to it, and she's got the oh, conversation in her hand. Yes, yes, it's a t-ball game. And yes, 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 yes. And our conversation is the ball, and she walks up to the tee, and she sets it on there. So, uh, Danielle, how did you get into dimensional slash food typography? Being is that it's such a unique and may, hopefully this is using the word in a complimentary way a niche means of artistic expression. Wow, that setup is immaculate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for... Thanks to Grant. Grant really set the stage. I just feel like there's a lot of, like, pomp and circumstance behind this, and I really gotta gotta hit it. Thank you. You know they called me 50 Pitches in Little League? Yeah, of course. (laughs) We We do our research on this show, Danielle. (laughs) Of course we do. We talked to Coach Jennings. 50 Pitches. He gave us the whole feel. were Were you too cautious of a batter? Such idea. I used to argue with the umpire. He'd be like, that was a good ball. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was outside. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you can't strike out. You can't strike out in, like, early ball, right? No, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the parents were like, oh, my God. Here she comes. Yeah. God. So we could, like, continue to just avoid the question 50 times, or I could just That's answer. Let's, <laughs> let's, actually, let's actually connect. But, but I was hoping we could introduce the topic, and then maybe we dig into there. So to me, that's what this conversation... That's what the, the whole analogy was, was she was setting the ball of a conversation and it was the topic. And the topic is your lane. So that's what I'm particularly interested in talking about. And, and perhaps we'll dig into her backstory here. But to me, the idea of your lane is really derived from a specific lane that you've carved out and are kind of traveling down. And I'm sure you've kind of uh, gone a few different routes through that. But maybe take us back. Take us back to when you started getting into this, whenever that was. Right, right. Take it back to the old school. Yes. So for me, I was I was an illustrator in school and I was a terrible illustrator, meaning I couldn't paint. I could draw just fine, but I had a really difficult time kind of summoning my own characters or being able to tell stories in a pictorial manner. That turns out to be a really serious issue if this is what you're going to school for. But I love telling stories. I love narrating and finding narrative. And so for me, I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to ride this out. I've already been in a couple of years and I was advised, you know, you might have a creative job, but probably not doing this. I don't really know what to tell you. And I'm like, well, fuck. Now I just have to be here all that much harder and figure this out. And so being stubborn and dogged, I'm just trying everything I can. I'm sculpting and painting. I'm taking interior Is design art school. Are you in an art yeah. school? Okay. It was it was like a private school, so they had an art program. It's kind of like B string. Since we're going with the sports analogy, it's like B string art school. Mm. <laughs> but uh, what what was the name of this fun? Sort of the LinkedIn of art schools. 
Indiana Wesleyan. So on top of that, it was a private Christian school that was way too expensive. There were some great people there and I had some great um, professors, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily put my stamp of approval on it or yeah. turn this into a commercial for them. All right. We'll have sponsors in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to coolly drop those over here. Uh, yeah. So I started, I started just spreading my wings and trying everything I could. Like I loved photo. I was too poor for it. I like sculpting, but who gets a job sculpting um, painting? I was no good at my professor was also a hippie. Basically he's like, whatever you do, whatever your heart tells you, man, there's no wrong way to do this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty sure I'm doing it. Objectively <laughs> wrong. I love that point of view. <laughs> so I just, you know, nothing was really catching me. And then finally, as kind of a last ditch effort, I was given the option to take some design courses. I had to take a few anyway. And frankly, I couldn't sign up in time for printmaking. So I went, well, here we are. Typography, I guess. Hmm. And it turned out to be a fascinating course because it took letter forms to me and turned them into shapes. So I felt kind of disassociative from the meanings like you look at it at a word and it has an inherent meaning, but when you observe it in a class like this, where you're breaking things apart and abstracting and trying to make letters look more like imagery, then it kind of clicked with me that, Oh, Hey, this is a, this is a, an interesting way to pursue hierarchy and structure. I really dig this. And it's sexier than illustrating. How do I kind of, throw these two things together because I think somewhere between these extremes is where I'm going to live. But there wasn't really a, a guidepost or a map for how to do that. So I discovered via Twitter where all the cool kids were hanging out, mm -hmm. all these different people who did lettering, which is hand drawing type. And I went, Oh my goodness, this is it. Because again, letter forms have inherent meaning. So if someone is observing them, like observing, um, lettering they have a distinctive path or direction already and unlike with like an image you end up looking at it and you could uh, you could observe it a million different ways you could interpret it a million different ways so that's kind of where i started and i got out of school i left during the housing crisis and everyone was like bye either get in an mfa program or good luck in food service i'm like i hate you so <laughs> So I spent way too long working my rounds at the mall, um, picking up people's toenails, um, oh, getting what, food thrown all over. What job involves that? Just, just DSW. Like, uh, DSW is located here in Columbus. And for whatever reason, I was the person that when I would clean, I would just run into these. I would run into toenails all the time. I couldn't believe how many people that's, were just. That's 100% foul. It was super gross. It was super gross. Um, yeah, I almost got fired a couple times from different places for being late. I wasn't telling anyone I was doing anything. I've no. Right. What happened? Well, yes. Yeah. No one would believe you. <laughs> it was just really rough, and I felt directionless and frustrated and depressed a wow. lot of the time. Okay, so you're graduated from school at this point? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. You're in the graduation slump. You've got. Bills to pay, loans what, to pay. It, were you, no, were you no, sort of, no. had you looked at um, like advertising as an industry or had you, where, like where, where did you land on that whole sphere? I didn't, I just didn't know where to go. I really yeah. didn't have any contacts or any sort of like, hey, here are people you should speak with. I had done some interviews with people at agencies and even being fresh out of school and showing up at these things, I was embarrassed because I learned a very specific way of compiling a portfolio, which is like a white paper kind of situation. Everything is just kind of sitting there and you have to speak about it. Whereas most of the portfolios that people were showing were their designs and application on t-shirts, like in brochures, on imagery, like making it real to people. And I went, fuck. I don't think I should. I don't think people should look at my stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I should just eat the free food and I should. One way or another, have been there in a way. It's pre, I mean, that's pre-lane choosing, right? It's like right. sort of at the on-ramp, and there's like a bunch yeah. of highways. And you're like, when you're oh, exposed fuck. for being in between lanes, and you just feel naked and horrible. I feel like that person who like wasn't paying attention and then got to the part where they're like, yo, the road is closed. And now I'm sitting in front of this sign with my blinker on being like, oh, my God. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm late to my T-ball 
game. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man, we had just gotten away from that. <laughs> he, that, 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 is, that is such a fucking, it's such a weird phase, especially because it's like, the, I, I, I interact with a lot of people who are there, and I'm, I'm there too in my own way, especially as I like kind of uh, weave through different lanes, you know, or try, I, try, I try to keep a constant maybe as like the vehicle, but I kind of switch lanes in terms of like the medium. But uh, it's, it's a weird phase when you, when you're interacting with someone and it's like tough to be like no like you just have to keep figuring it out like you're just like i can't, like there's nothing besides you have to just like go keep working on your aesthetic or on your you know it's just like it's a funny in-between phase yeah but at the same time i think there's like a very big difference between changing lanes and then driving in between two lanes yeah maybe yeah. like maybe we're belaboring the analogy a little bit at this point <laughs> but when someone let, let's say someone graduates college and they say and someone says to them what do you want to do and they go i don't know i could write or i could art director well that's not a, a good answer but mm-hmm. if you say i want to write and i want to art direct even though that's not that fundamentally different it's a much better answer Mm-hmm. So that's very true. Do both lanes, do both mm-hmm. lanes. Just don't ride in between the lanes because that's how accidents happen. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Well, yeah. I guess I'm. I'm even more thinking too, just in terms of like quality. You know, like slash like ability within any of those things. You you are right where that that is. I think where a lot of people kind of waffle is the or this or this or this. I and that, do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I definitely relate to and love, but but. It, it is just a funny thing when like you just have to be pr- pretty good at least at something you know and yeah. that's where a lot of people like kind of fall off and it's just a weird in-between phase where you know and it might even be less than that it might be like not caring what you do versus wanting to do everything wanting to do everything is okay not caring what you do less okay mm-hmm. agreed well yeah, yeah. In, in these industries too it's like it's it's just like it's not like there's an it's there's there's no real level of experience that just like gets you the thing. It's kind of the work like speaks for itself most times, and so there, that's I think maybe where some of the dissonance that I'm thinking about comes in is like, oh yeah, like it doesn't matter how hard you tried on something. Like if it's not good, it's almost it's not totally objective, but it's like pretty obvious most times. And so that's where it's like, oh, okay, sorry, we've we've. Oh. Yeah, that was a, that was a good aside to set up the idea though. That how magical is it when you finally do find that thing that you you're cruising at the perfect speed right in that lane? I'm picturing I'm picturing it's when it's that moment right before you hit in some sort of video game where you hit like the speed strip. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, that turbo booster, baby. Yeah. Okay, so tell, tell us. It's, it seems like we're we're sort of like we're uh, jerking back and forth across the road right now at this point in your story. Like we're definitely not about. Like maybe we're about to hit the speed booster, but maybe we're just still trying to write the ship. Please, bring yeah. us back. <laughs> we are overcorrecting at this point. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. So essentially, I'm I'm recognizing that internally I'm having a lot of struggle, and I start going through a set of steps like baby steps and I realize as I am hitting them that I'm leveling up in my own little way it's kind of like that moment right before like one of the social apps hits their 8.0 or 10.0 or whatever update where it's like a really significant update I'm having like these little baby bug fixes all the way through one of them is being being happy for my peers when they do succeed and I do not and learning how to celebrate that that's huge Um, when you kind of become okay with the fact that someone else has found their path and their specific lane and they're now trekking off into the sunset, it's okay to be happy for them knowing that you are still on your own path and that your victories will be significantly different from theirs and probably more appropriate to you. So that's, that was a huge thing. Um, I also found like just being comfortable telling people what I did, even if I wasn't necessarily showing anyone, that was massive to say, Hey, you know, I'm really, I'm a designer. I'm an illustrator. I do lettering. Like this is a big deal. And then being able to explain that in some sort of competent manner was huge uh, because it, whether or not people were going to look at it, the way I presented myself, that made them want to know more or not. And so I was practicing on all of these people who really couldn't give a shit, who just wanted to buy their shit at the container store and not sign up for the emails and go home. Like that's, 
But still, wow, wait, somebody. so you're pitching the people, like the customers coming into the container store? <laughs> At the register, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love it. Which is nuts, though, because like, so there's another aspect to this, too, is recognizing that the the moment I was in, i.e. working at the container store, working at DSW or working at, you know, Cozy or whatever, like working in those places, I was taking skills away all the time. It was one thing when I was depressed and saying, you know, oh, I don't want to talk about what I do. I, I don't want you to know I work in a restaurant or at the mall. Like this is shameful to me. People don't treat me like I'm educated. This really bothers me. But it's another thing to go, you know, I work at the container store and I've learned how to do a soft sell. Like I've learned how to present my work in a way that makes it valuable without being pushy that asks the right questions. And yet I can continue asking questions provided someone does not say no. So no is kind of like the absolute don't bother me. Like I've set this line and you will not cross it, but anything before that, it's just asking the right questions to get the right result. And so taking those skills away has been hugely helpful for me because I use those all the time, especially dealing with clients, trying to negotiate, making everyone feel comfortable and happy. Like those are huge. Mm -hmm. And so I guess finally being comfortable learning how to play was kind of the last one. I think we spend a lot of time trying to look appropriate and professional and savvy and whatnot. And that just has never been me. I've always been like that person that is, kind of clunky and self-depreciating and is usually the one that when she spills shit down the front of her shirt, everybody has been watching the whole time. And I just learned to, um, I just learned to embrace that about me. And I learned that my work was not pixel perfect. It was not, um, perfectionistic and it wasn't sleek. Mm. And so therefore, once I was okay with that, it's like, Oh, all right, well, what is the best kind of like material or way? Like what's the best medium for this sort of thing? Um, and so I took these things that were, I guess, somewhat weak about me or would be considered a little, um, uncouth and just spun them in a different way in my own mind. Like I wasn't poor, I was resourceful. You know, I could, Mm -hmm. I could make, really interesting work out of very little um and somehow it looked high quality that was a cool thing um i think i I started working in food primarily because i was poor and because you could serve dual purpose i.e you could eat it afterwards i'm like hell yeah if this is shitty it's going in my mouth (laughs) wow big deal that is terrific i mean that's a great constraint to put around something though like just to because that that is the thing is like you just need to get moving you know especially when you're in that kind of weird phase where you're aspiring and you're really wanting to do a like you know work on a certain level and you're really just like you know fighting it's like well just add a constraint anything to keep you your hands moving you keep you busy doing something moving forward (laughs) wow exactly and i realized too that constraints were really helpful for me a lot of people want carte blanche like you know creative freedom and that is not me at all i need some sort of parameter to feel um clever you know yeah like there's some there's something for me where like the world does not equal um limitless potential unless there's some limit placed upon it Mm -hmm. so that's i think in a lot of ways how i've done things that look novel with paper or plants or ribbon or just things that you interact with every day, but would not necessarily consider as an art supply, much less something beautifully scripted. So, yeah, I mean, isn't, I mean, in some ways, isn't finding your lane about finding your optimal combination of constraints. I mean, perhaps it's like too conflative to start to talk about it in that way, but Grant, you've said this to me, maybe I can't be the best thing, but I can be the best combination of things. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I have taken to heart. And I think that's something that when I look through that lens, it, a lot of people become a lot more interesting and talented and successful in my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Not that they need my validation. Obviously. Sure, sure, sure. It's just my right, still. changing. Like, so you can, it, it's much easier to strive to be, and it's not easy, but it's much more attainable to strive to be the best food typographer. There's less competition and you get to like define the craft and you get to own the craft. And we need these sort of wins. We need these sort of contextual wins to keep us motivated and positive and productive. And so like understanding why you can produce in a certain way and why you're good at producing under these parameters and how you understand these specific constraints better than anyone else 
that's such a productive thing. And that's why like wheelhouses are a thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I mean to bring it back to baseball. We were on T ball, now we're on baseball. But a <laughs> wheelhouse is like a specific type of pitch. You're really good at hitting mm. than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So finding that perfect pitch for you is like a huge moment in your artistic pursuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was also, gosh, I can't help it. I'm just like thinking of like cars now, but so many people want so many people want to be this like super sexy sports car thing, and w- like not that many people can, and it's it's pro- it's probably not as cool as you think, and and especially when it's not what it's not you, and that's really what I heard you talking about too was was looking inward, recognizing who you were as an artist and as a creator. Sleek. Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. that's so... That's such a positive thing to say about your work. And Vin, like the thing you were kind of referencing that when I talk about being multiple things is it's really just because I have a somewhat short attention span, but like an intense focus. And I just like recognize like... I just rec- I recognize a fault, but then you turn it into something that can benefit you. And really, the more more important thing is like it becomes like you recognize who you are, and then you're able to express that in a bunch of ways. So I think that's maybe an interesting thing that I, I kind of want to ask about with um, with your lane and with your food typography. So you've been kind of seriously doing this for like what three ish years, probably almost four. Okay, yeah. but four years. Um, my sense is that generally, you know, uh, when I'm bouncing um, around in mediums or uh, or like working, yeah, just kind of working across disciplines or, or with other people, the biggest thing is like I feel like I have a solid through line, a solid perspective that I believe in, um, you know, an aesthetic, and that kind of varies depending on what it is. But but I like feel confident in my ability as like let's just say generally as a director. Um, for you, so in that, I feel like I can apply that across mediums, but I could also apply that, you know, in five years in a different way because it it will evolve. It just like an aesthetic will. Do you feel like you've been evolving your aesthetic and and your perspective within food typography? Where do you see this going? Uh, you know, do you want to stick to that medium? I know you mentioned like dimensional or object based, and I was like, ah, okay, I, I see you kind of planting the seeds of like other phases and other like potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I believe it's important to evolve. I mean, if you're not growing, you're dying, truly. And and we're, all, we're all dying, by the way. Right. <laughs> Quick heads up, listeners. Uh, right. <laughs> if you can hear, Spoiler, sorry. if you're listening to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think in part, um, for me, if I'm going to continue to use food as a material, I mean, there are many different applications within that, but I think that the application of the execution has to elevate you know, it, it just seems like if I'm going to use similar things multiple times, I need to be surprising and delighting people with it at any point. And most importantly, myself, I have to impress myself. Um, yeah. But I think there's a lot of room within stop motion, um, with video. Mm. I've done um, a couple like murals using these concepts. And there's there's so much. I mean, my goodness, I'd love to do movie credits. I've done a couple Ooh. commercials. I, I think there are a I, lot of different possibilities and opportunities and yeah do i see myself necessarily doing food or dimensional type forever not necessarily um but i i tend to describe it as like a breadcrumb trail so effectively you can plant seeds everywhere but you don't know what's going to sprout you don't know what Mm. parts of you are going to call to something in the future but as long as you're willing to just put everything that you have into that moment whatever whatever it is you're pursuing at some point those things might come back around to you. For example, when I started playing with food and really kind of understanding, oh, this could be used as a as a medium, as a way to produce lettering in a in a fantastic and new way, I realized that I was actually a pretty decent painter because I had to consider soft and hard edges when I was sculpting this stuff. It was just with my hands rather than with a brush. Or I had to be cognizant of light and how light was hitting the surface. And that's super important. Um, Realizing how to triangulate brighter colors or to make a scene feel harmonious and balanced. Also, like from those sort of things, my spatial reasoning is a lot stronger than I gave myself credit for initially. And so that definitely plays into something like this. And I 
am a decent enough photographer. That's honestly probably my greatest weakness. But as I've evolved, my I've stopped using simply natural light because that's really prohibitive. <laughs> um, I've taught myself how to use lighting, how I've gotten new equipment. I use rigs and whatnot. And that also helps me to articulate more soundly with any kind of videographer or photographer that I'm working with on larger shoots with bigger clients. And then we have a sense of mutual respect and also kind of shorthand for getting through different problems faster. Man, you said two things there that I thought were so phenomenal. The one was was kind of a squeaker. It was like it was a small one, but you said you talked about impressing yourself, and I feel like that's uh, that's the as I was having this hypothetical conversation with person who is like searching for their lane, I was like, what am I trying to say? I think that's the biggest thing is like, you need to really impress yourself. Like that's cause that's really kind of who it matters most, mostly, you know, at the end of the day, like you're the one who has to live with your own work right? for the most part. So like that, ha- having that being, being the judge of that is like so important. Like I feel like that's just having that in the back of your mind. Um, the other thing that you said that I thought was, was excellent is, um, is the vehicle. I mean, you talked about food type as like one thing and you're talking about breadcrumb trail. What, what that made me think about was actually like, okay, you can be known for this thing. You could be food typographer, but you can have so much depth and the depth you're alluding to, you know, the skill sets you picked up or you've honed or you will continue to evolve um, outside of that, but that are, you know, related, they're peripheral to that. And I think like, just committing to something, even as a title, I think sometimes can give you such a vehicle to travel on, even if you aspire to do a bunch of other things. And and then people can kind of discover that as they will, you know? Yeah. I mean, isn't that the main criticism of the whole idea of lane choosing is that mm. choosing a niche uh, makes you a non-versatile artist, uh, be that a criticism if people intend it to be a criticism that mm-hmm. necessarily is. But I think that this conversation and your approach to your craft is showing quite the opposite is true. Just because you have a speciality or you have a focus that you're specifically good at producing in does not mean that that hasn't been informed by, nor does it not inform other types of art or just a more general understanding of art. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, I think what's strange, most people would say, oh, you're very attentive to details. And I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you guys. (laughs) That's a spirit. That's a $10,000 spirit. (laughs) We'd love to tell people who listen to our show to fuck themselves. So uh, thank you for doing that for us. Yeah. Uh, What's it like to work with spam, by the way? Just out of curiosity. Two two really quick questions. Oh, it's so, the smell is awful. Anything that's like a potted meat, any kind of meat in general is just, Painful. Meat is bad. Yeah. Secondly, uh, I imagine it would be bad. So thank you for confirming my suspicions. Uh, were you totally outraged by the can or the pancake art craze that oh, went on like last month? Wasn't it just asinine? Yeah, Dan Cake was was like they were riding his train. Oh my god! Everyone but, was suddenly a pancake artist. Wasn't it just horrible? I missed this whole thing. It's so you missed funny. nothing. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. It's so weird to me because I realized, like, at one point, I never thought anyone would care enough to um, kind of do that to me. I never thought anyone would like my work enough to give it attention, much much less try to rip it. Um, and I remember remarking in some of my early interviews, "Oh man, well, you know when people start like using." using food and objects like this. I mean, goodness, it'll be totally obvious that they have seen my stuff. Right. And then it got so far away from me. My work like circulated so well, which is amazing. And people loved it from all over the world, which is shocking and really humbling. And then you start seeing people being like, Hey, I do this too. And I'm like, what? That's (laughs) tough. (laughs) Don't kill my vibe. (laughs) Well, okay, so that's this has become like a pretty major point of the conversation, though. Like sometimes your lane become you become such a master of your lane that there's no room for any other drivers. Uh, So, do you consider any like foray into food typography to be like butting into your lane or inspired by your lane or? What I I just don't even know where to begin the conversation about that sort of speciality. Yeah, that's a that's a weird question. And it's one where very few people have any basis for relation to it. Yeah. Um, 
that sounds really weird to say, but <laughs> yeah. I only run into a handful of people that are like, yeah, I've lived this life and it's rough. Um, it's like some strange backhanded blessing curse. Um, no, I don't think that everybody, anybody doing this doesn't necessarily see my work. No, I don't think that everybody doing this is necessarily ripping me off. No. Um, but I think there are people that I've seen who take copy off my website, who have adjusted them and their work greatly to look like mine, Mm -hmm. who don't have a point of view, who are just kind of grabbing things from myself and my peers that are doing similar things off of Instagram or Twitter and are just, you know, saying, Hey, well, this is what I do. And I'm also, I also have, um, an agent. I also am bidding on these jobs and look, I'm really good at this. And I don't think that is true. You know, that's not like the truth of, of their journey. It's them trying to hop to lane hop basically. And so you have, there you have it. I mean, yeah, that that was, that was a really like, um, that was a really like insightful approach to answering that question. I think, um, yeah, obviously there are going to be people who share your lane in some respects, but it's so obvious when the product isn't sincere, but mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's the trick though, because to the layperson who doesn't really know the medium right. and it's such a specific medium, they might not notice that it's right. Yeah. They don't have the literacy or the fluency within the medium to decipher between someone who's ripping off, someone who's hawking, and then someone who's sincerely creating and and diversifying within the medium. Right. Well, I think too, the product of that is what these people are producing. Are they simply producing their own work? Are they simply producing um, a paycheck? Like what are they actually contributing to a greater community that they're not taking? Mm -hmm. You know, you look at their output versus their input. A lot of the people I know that are doing these kinds of things are teaching workshops, they're giving talks, they're um, expounding on their process, they're listening to others and and helping them. Um, They are known and accepted and recognized by the peers in our industry as contributive. And I think when you start getting into, well, what is this person's place? And I'm not talking about students. Students like essentially need to try things, you know, they need to do this to grow. And yeah, sometimes they'll get out of school and go, Hey, this is my jam now, but then it'll, they'll see how hard it is and they won't want to finish it out. And that's just, they'll find their path. And that's great. If that is something that has fed into their path and their, their journey, that's amazing. But when you're talking about like a 30 something person who's got kids and, you know, should know better, Hmm. um, that's a, whole different story so yeah sticky yeah it is really sticky very much so and and sometimes situations like that when we're when we see someone exposed for for what they are when we see someone who's trying to hide a fundamental truth trying not to talk about to use a colloquialism an elephant in the room so to speak they're avoiding this sort of like very obvious affront, be it, you know, literal or be it sort of ethereal. Maybe we could take a minute here to talk about something that's not particularly germane to the topic at hand. Grant, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, let's a bit of a side dish, if you will. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Terrific. Foul ball. A grounder up the. Uh, let's no, let's ta- no, let's no. hit this let's hit this exit let's hit this rest stop. Oh yeah, we're on the road again. I like it. Oh boy, this is we have been going hard this episode with the fucking analogies. Fast and loose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we are on the Audubon of analogies. We are, you know, Truly. no speed limit, my friend. No, no. Okay, okay, okay. So you you were teeing it up again. I came I, a long way around that elephant remark. You did, and I I. <laughs> When it hit me, I went, oh, God, you just, I physically responded. Uh, okay, so this, this week's off-topic topic uh, is elephants. <laughs> elephants. Uh, I mean, Danielle, what, do you, what yeah. do you think about this animal? Are you a fan? Can't forget about him. That's oh, for sure. Oh, that's an elephant joke. Because of the yeah. memory? They never forget, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're also one of the few animals that can eat themselves out of an environment, which I think is crazy. That's us, them, and, like, bacteria, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The three main life forms on this planet. <laughs> they, they can overeat. They can like overeat yeah. a, a, a... Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, I mean, they, man, those guys, 
Chomp, chomp, they chomp. They need some calories. They're big animals. I don't know, if, listeners. I'm not sure if you knew this, but but elephants are pretty big. Maybe we'll um. Okay, maybe we'll injure. We'll link a photo of me and an elephant. I just okay. posted one. Grant was back. Yes, from Thailand recently. Yes, in Chiang Mai, we went to an elephant sanctuary, an ethical elephant sanctuary. Quite the treat, man. I had I had some moments with those fans. I was I was. Uh, that's apostrophe p h a n t s. Some moments with those fans. Whoa, Aziz, get back! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, God! <laughs> some really, uh, the I think I saw two pictures. They they were really. I treasured them. Yes. Oh my God. Those majestic, majestic animals. Great animals. I. Okay, so here's what I will say. I had, I had two two moments as I was just like interacting with these guys. One was the first one I was like with this 75 year old elephant who was just pleased. He was just very pleased. I was feeding him some watermelon, just rubbing his wrinkled skin, and I was like, "God damn! Like you're a happy, you're a happy dude. Like I can feel the vibe. Like you're happy, and that's really cool. Like that's cool. You're finding happiness, and also you've seen some shit, and you're just out here doing your thing. And be a 75 year old and or elephant to land in a in an ethical sanctuary. Who knows how many paths he walked? Oh yeah, there. yeah. I mean, a lot of those uh, elephants have been through some pretty tough stuff. I mean, they're all, they all are all really, except for maybe a couple of babies that were there. Yeah, yeah. But that's super. I oh, mean, so I it actually weirdly like I thought of my parents as I was like, and I was like, God. Good shouts out parents you guys are doing your thing too like um but then the baby you know the four-year-old which is like one of the the more dangerous elephants to be around in that situation he has to have like kind of a like a babysitter trainer type dude with him because he's Mm -hmm. so big but doesn't know yeah he doesn't know how strong he is and just the cool thing is man he just wants to play like that's what was so special i was like god damn it he just wanted to play you're just like fucking with the older elephants we saw him playing in a river and then he's just like running around like chasing the other animals and i was like guy it's just intuitive you know it really is like Mm -hmm. the desire to play it's like so cool to watch in action it's truly an instinct yeah Mm -hmm. well and then also just scale too i'm just like oh my god you guys are enormous and you're like how many x times smaller than like a woolly mammoth for example oh yeah like 20x or something maybe Oh, even like thirty, like blue whale, like yeah, a twentieth the size of a blue whale. Yeah, it's it's insane. And, and then it, and then it just can't help but think like back through like dinosaur paleolithic, like just like I'm like oh yeah okay oh yeah oh yeah humans are humans are yeah just like ten seconds we're nothing we're uh so evolutionary but we're pretty cool yeah yeah. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen an elephant either of you guys in person have you hung with one. I've not hung with one. I mean, I've seen them at the zoo. Okay. I think maybe I've been exposed during zoo moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, what did we call that? Restricted play, I guess. Yeah. I feel like we're all sort of in this cage, you know, we put ourselves, okay, no, it's not, this, this was that, a pretty, kind of an increase in depth suddenly, this was a pretty, in, yeah, let's not go there, but this was a pretty indulgent off topic topic, not that accessible, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, I think, you know, what I love about elephants is that they are such like a hyper focus of not just conservational efforts, but also like documentarian efforts. Mm-hmm. Like they're in many ways, they've won the popularity contest yeah. of, of the exotic animals of the world. And rightly yeah. so, right? They are, they, you just can't help but think, they're majestic. They really, and the, it's, the, they, it's, they seem so dangerous, but yet at the same time peaceful. It's mm-hmm. like, that is really what it is for me. They're a tranquil beast. Yeah. And they exhibit a wide range of emotion, mm-hmm. I guess, if you could say that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't usually like to ascribe emotion to creatures because there's no way to necessarily measure that. But but you can feel like you can feel it, though. I, I think it is yeah. more. Yeah. More obvious. I've heard they mourn their dead, which I oh think my is God. really interesting. It's amazing. They bury yeah. their dead, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, they, re- they return to the, the, the grounds in which. Like they like to die in the same spot, and then the living like to return to those. Spots. It's amazing, yeah. Like their families, like the family getting bigger when they have the baby. Just like, wow, you guys are doing your thing. And I, I think elephants are maybe the only animal that can um, they can understand pointing, like a human pointing. Oh really? Yeah. See, I didn't know. I didn't know this. Yeah. 
I, I did know that. Uh, all right, so this is going to get grade school in a second, but it's actually quite, quite an interesting Ready. elephant fact. They have a prehensile penis. Prehensile? Whoa. That means they have... That's terrifying. They have a dexterous... A dexterous wow. Penis. So they can, like, hold things and, like... Oh, my gosh. Things with the penis and, like... What would you even do with that? Like... I've seen, Danielle. I've seen one like grab food with a penis. Stop. Like, move it. Fuck yeah. you. I'm, de- <laughs> I'm deadly. I'm deadly serious. Wow. I don't know. That's kind of cool, man. I it feel like that's a necessary because given their size, it's kind of like uh, a roll of the dice for su- successful mounting and mating. Yeah. Yeah. So without without yeah, yeah. like a little bit of added control over the situation, it might not be successful. Enough. Maybe. Um. God, all I could picture there was like uh, a spaceship docking, and somebody was on the controls, like hold steady, like a little somebody. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, but maybe we can find a good YouTube video of an elephant. I, I think we'll maybe a shoot. That. It sounds like a kinder version of a of a duck penis. Oh, uh, those. That's not instead of like a fun magisterial fact. The duck penises are actually horrifying, right? Yeah, the ducks are kind of heavy on rape culture. Ooh, bruh. The ducks have false vaginas to to punish ducks who rape them once and then like a single time mating scenario. Because they don't know where the, mm-hmm. the actual vagina is. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Now, bear yes. in mind that, that ducks can't suffer the same sort of psychological effects of forced mating that like um, a, a human being cancer. Don't don't be out there like trying to save ducks from their natural habitat so they don't get raped. It's much less like the duck is traumatized, but at the same time, like it's, there, it's a unique mating ritual. How much of this are you guys gonna have to cut? I'm just. Uh, I'm, I mean, it might have a long time. I, I, I'm just some. picturing a duck eating an arepa, and it's just ruining me. <laughs> I did want to tell you, arepas are not spelled the same way. So phonetically, yes, it sounds similar. Yeah. So that should put your mind somewhat at ease, just a little. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, no. My mind is not at ease. All I, I, all I can picture right now is like a sentient elephant penis, a rapey duck, and uh, uh, one more to that holy, hashtag yes holy trifecta please uh one i mean so, so now our, our off topic topic is strange animal mating did you know that the uh like well, welcome to maybe our first official like ott ott um, <laughs> our off topic 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 our off off topic topic yeah okay our ott okay yes exactly um so did you know that when some certain uh, types of canines, namely like the Arctic wolf, uh, mate, they actually can't decouple for minutes after the the actual moment of mating because of the swelling? Oh wow! So they like it's kind of beautiful. Uncomfortably, no. Usually they try to, but they can't. Oh, so they're like that's like over a each other. Horse cuddling. Uh. It's like sort of. It's like very uncomfortable, but not usually. Like, <laughs> when did I just hang out? Um, mm. uh, I call your Uber. Well, I can't. I'm swollen into you permanently for the next. God, like, 15, this is twenty minutes. This is a heck of a return up. I gotta say, <laughs> we've been we've been well, out of the saddle. I swear to you, all of this is true. No, I believe you. I'm not like doubting it. I'm just like, I'm. Tr- I don't get uncomfortable very easy, but I feel like I've got my. I feel like I'm coupled to a. <laughs> Okay. To all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Decouple. Okay. Uh, Diane, quickly, any more strange mating facts you want to share with us before we move on? Or tell us your worst mating story. No, don't. I'm sorry. No, don't. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Hard veto on that one. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Um, Well, all right, then. Let's. uh, let's All all aboard. Everybody back in the car. Possible from the the mating topic. The two questions that we have for you, Diane, if you'd be so kind as to answer them for us. Whoa. Diane. <laughs> Can that be my alter ego in the same way that like Tina Belcher becomes Dina Belcher? Oh wait. I totally fucked up your name. Yeah. Danielle. Oh my god. That's okay. I think that- He was winking, he was fucking with you. No, I <laughs> he wasn't I actually, winking. I actually <laughs> got it all. 
You added one more to the the pins that are just like stabbing me. This has been a rough like ten minutes. How much have we made our guests suffer? Not only the at length T ball intro, not only the graphic animal made. Oh my god! Please call this episode like labor of love because this is labored. Yeah, Yeah, we'll call that. I mean, yeah, you. I mean, we'll, uh, could you do a custom like? No, no, I'm not even gonna make my full request. Let's just let's keep going. Let's keep going. Oh God! If I may, my mind is just scarred. Just, just self-affronted. Can I ask you two questions? Sure. (laughs) The first one is, how can our listeners support you? Oh, that's a great question, and I don't really know the answer to that. (laughs) They could. I mean, they could start by finding you online. Yeah, yeah, what's I mean, your what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, you post some some pretty cool pics. Thank you. Well, it's <laughs> at Marmalade Blue, which we never actually got to that topic, but that would be a great place to find me. The blue is spelled B L E U E, and at Food Typography as well. Um, sometimes the content overlaps, but not always. So. I would recommend checking out both. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. It's where I'm spouting all sorts of game and just being obnoxious. Spouting and game, love it. Terrific. Yeah, I'm into that. It's so fun. I'm a big um, fan. You can also find me on M-B-L-E-U-E on Snapchat, where I'm just acting a fool. Like, that's... Okay, that's- so Twitter, you're spouting game. Snap, you're acting a fool. <laughs> I am. <laughs> again what's no 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 oh no. you're not a listing gotcha right uh, and what's though? your username it's in the crazy uh, animal mating forums uh, <laughs> that's the wrong member of my family actually <laughs> oh okay oh, okay that's too- don't don't right. press me you got a second no. question you got a second question for her Vince. You, your tone suggested that i shouldn't see <laughs> yeah. um but i will ask you a second not related question Fair. Okay, go ahead. Danielle, if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you like that to be? (laughs) They could take away the whole last 20 minutes. Just get rid of it. That's a fine use of the... Yeah, perhaps they could hop back in that DeLorean. (laughs) Yeah, DeLorean we had idling earlier. (laughs) Yeah, the path. The path. (laughs) Wherever that is, find the path. Find your path. I don't know. I think um, when I look at my journey and kind of how things have played out for me, I think being open is kind of a huge, a huge point, like being open to the fact that you might not have your intended path materialized ahead of you. Like it's, I could have never, I could have never um, dreamt this up in a million years. Truly. I, even when I was starting, like getting started doing dimensional type. I was thinking I would be asked by mom and pop places, by tiny little stores, maybe an agency here and there. And my clients are huge, like big corporations, um, multi, like international corporations as well, which is amazing. Uh, when I picked my name, my studio name, it's because Danielle Evans is taken by like every kind of person, like an America's Next Top Model, budding author, like different Hmm. different people with like wider range of SEO than me. And so I went, well, fuck, how am I going to fix this? Well, I need a studio name. And so my studio name just kind of, I wanted it to sound melodical. So if someone was going to say it, they would enjoy saying it. It would be pleasant to them. Hmm. I went with Marmalade as just an interesting word, and then blue I spelled B L E U E in the French feminine way. So again, to be perceived as more exotic, but to appeal to like the francophone community, like French-speaking countries. I just really wanted to do work for them, and lo and behold, my very first job was a bilingual job. So Amazing. it was, you know, English and French Canadian, and I was like fresh back tears playing around with stuff, being like, man, I got this flower in my eye. This is amazing. It works. So, yeah. So, I mean, some really stupid decision that I made or something that appeared arbitrary ended up being extremely valuable. And I guess, again, suffice it to say, you can't, you can't tell what it will be a successful risk and what is not. And so taking calculated risk in any fashion is a great idea. So maybe that's what they could take away. (laughs) 
Lovely. Well I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and for uh, putting your work out there and for sharing your perspective. I know you alluded to it earlier, a little bit about this giving back idea, but I think it's cool to be accessible and to talk about your process and, and, uh, and yeah, to be an inspiration to other people, uh, trying to find their own lane. And yeah. for honestly just doing such cool, unique. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun work and it's, and it's fun and it, and it's happy and it's, well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's one of those things where like you, you can tell something is genuine or real. If it transcribes across a person, like a person, mm-hmm. personhood. So like the way they dress or the way they keep their house, the way they speak, those sort of things. I think that's yeah. how, you know, the experience is real. And that's just my hope is to keep it real. So totally tell you, I, I think it does, which I mean, like, that's awesome. It's, it's cool because I, you know, I, like I said, I've been familiar with your work for a while, but it just feels right. You know, knowing you now a little bit better and just chatting with you. It's like, Oh yes, of course. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps Danielle, uh, and Listen, I'm not going to dance around this one. I'm not going to paint some crazy picture of you in a, I don't know, reddish orange oversized t-shirt. We don't need to go down. That was a good call. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, no, 50 pitches. You know, none of that, okay? We're just going to step up and we're just going to knock this one out of the park, I hope. So I have one final request. Um, we like to sign off the show with our a bit of a catchphrase, I guess you could say. Yeah, 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 a bit of a mantra, and that mantra is "ship it." We like to ship it at the end of every episode, and I'm wondering if you could leave our listeners with your rendition of a "ship it." Oh. <laughs> wow, I, that was genuine fear. I don't. <laughs> Like, uh, the expectation uh, was so quivering, quivering. I was, I was excited. Spooky. So. I guess actually, I think your episode may be out on Halloween, so perhaps you could give us a That's terrific, a, yeah, a really a, a spooky Halloween ship it. Oh cool. So do I have to just like? I hey, listen, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive the car for you. You, this is your, <laughs> you're in the lane. Yeah. yeah. God, you, you do say the words shipping. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yes, but make it <laughs> scary. Is... I want to be. I want to be scared. If I'm not scared, hey, we're not leaving until I'm scared. No, that's, that's counterproductive. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, feel free to to say ship it in whatever way feels right. To yeah, you. yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ready for the fifty pitches? Throw out fifty of these. You can pick which one you want to edit in. <laughs> Oh boy, you hear that? Get ready. Oh my. Ship it.